Well, Lord, be with us as we uh, talk through this last fruit or this last section of fruit uh, of the Spirit. So what we've been talking about for the last uh, nine sessions has been how is it that the Lord develops these fruit in us? Because the, the Holy, it says the fruit of the Spirit is, and, and I, want, I wanted to read uh, our scripture and I'm adding the other verses today. Uh, <clears throat> Paul first starts in verse 19, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, and then he names them. And if you look at that list, you're like, boy, I'm glad I'm not in that list. Uh, but, you know, because it talks about, you know, sexuality and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, nobody's ever involved in any of that stuff. Uh, actually, let me see, what's it say? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. How many of you guys have been debauched lately? And he's like, oh, okay, I get out of that one. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Uh-oh, now he's starting to get into stuff. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Uh-oh, he's going down the list. They're like, okay, I escaped the top of the list so far. Now we're doing selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, which we talked about last week, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch. So just like everything we know that, you know, we have money, sexuality, and power is really where all this stuff boils down. And again, it's always coming at us, right? And he says, this was obvious. But what's not obvious is where God wants to take us. That's where the fruit of the Spirit is, which I'll pick it up right here. Verse 22, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So this is where we're getting at today when we talk about self-control. Let's look at verse 24 again. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we're talking about, uh uh-oh, how come I'm still fighting this thing? Something might not have been crucified, but we go on. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Ta-da! Okay, so I had to ask myself when I came to to this last word, as we've been doing these word, this word study, this word self control, is like why did why did he he go through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self control? Why did he stop there? I think it's to bring us back, really, to the to the beginning of this conversation is that without our own, ta- and, and it's kind of a weird thing because he's saying this is a spiritual action, but it's on you. You see how that's, it's, it's, that's kind of like, how, that, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> it's like, you're saying I have to have self-control, but it's spiritual to be self-controlled. That's kind of weird, right? You guys getting it? You're all look, looking at me going, huh? Uh, okay, you're getting it? Okay, so he, he's saying what God's trying to do is help you take responsibility for your actions. Can we go there? 
And the, the word, it's only found three times uh, in the New Testament, but it, but it comes off another word, and it really means to be empowered, to actually be empowered. We use that word a lot in uh, mo- modern life, right? It's like, we want to empower you to do a job, or we want to empower you to do something. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to not follow the flesh, but actually to walk with God. And so how do we do that? How does the Holy Spirit do that? And that's where our our talk comes from. Now, from the beginning, uh, we're going to have three points here, and I'm going to just, just, I'll I'll illustrate them for you first. How does the Holy Spirit develop this fruit? Uh, the, The first part is to embrace the reality of your struggle. Uh, just as most of us have experienced with all of these words, we're like, you know, fruit of the Spirit is love. Um, I'm not a very good lover sometimes. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. How many are experiencing extreme peace right now? No, we're not experiencing it. So, so we're going, okay, so sometimes. But we first want to embrace the reality of the struggle. Then we want to draw from His power and resources is what we're going to talk about. And then third, we're going to talk about how do we harness the power of we. And this is something that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me about because one of the reasons that we struggle so much in the flesh is because we think we're it alone in the struggle. And uh, part of the, the reason God designed the body of Christ, the reason he, he has the church, and why we're not all online all the time you, you know, is because we need we. Most of the New Testament is written to you all, not you. And American Christianity has made Christianity all about how am I doing with Jesus? And the reason we struggle is because we're not saying how are we doing with Jesus? So, okay, so those are my three points. You guys ready? Ready to launch? You guys good? All right. Uh, I'm in there. So the first thing, and, and I kind of had to go inside myself because I'm like, ah, this self-control thing. Uh, I, I was telling somebody the other day, it, it's kind of cool to be older because I was talking to a young man, and we were talking about some of the struggles that young people have, and it's cool to be old. I mean, not that you still don't have certain struggles, but when you're older, at least you're, you're like, I've been struggling for that for 50 years, you know, and you've only been struggling for 20. So, uh, and, and you start to realize that as you walk with Jesus, you start to master stuff. But at any given point, you can be completely knocked off. Do you know that? There is no safe day for your flesh. No safe day. You're like, man, I've been walking with Jesus. I will never fall. You know, every once in a while, I, I, I Google pastor arrested. Never do that. Because actually, you'll get a lot of news articles. Now, how, and, but you have to think, how, how did that, how did he go from, man, I want to serve the Lord. I want to follow the Lord. I want to help people follow the Lord to pastor arrested. Because he didn't realize in a humble way that any day you can get you can you can walk the wrong way any day 
ruin your ministry, ruin the lives of those around you. Know, around you. Every time a pastor gets arrested, it usually freaks out the congregation. Usually. Now, lately they've been arrested for COVID-related matters, and that's different. So I'm just talking about other arrests, uh, not, not those things. So for all of us, the first thing we need to do is embrace with humility our humanity. And, and Paul, Paul brings, that, brings that in in so many different places in the New Testament, doesn't he? he in Romans chapter 7, it says that we're struggling with this thing. We just read, we're struggling with this thing. But God has given us the ability through the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit, through discipline, through faith, through worship, through prayer, through the kingdom of, of God together, to overcome these things. So somewhere along the line, when before a person falls, he's stopped those things. And we need to know and even check, check on ourselves once in a while, how are we doing? And what's even better, and I'll get to my point three when I do that, have somebody else be able to look us in the eye and say, how are you doing with the things of God? How many want to fall? No. How many don't want to fall? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what age. I remember I, I, I was uh, vi- visiting, a, uh, I was going to this conference, and somehow I'd gotten there early, and I, I went into, it was a big church, and everybody else was doing something else, and I decided I would go in and, and like sit closer to the front before everybody came in. And there was another guy there. And the guy there was actually the speaker. He, he was the guy doing the conference. He, and he was in his 80s, early 80s. Um, and I, but I was young. I was in my 20s, maybe 30. And I remember talking to him about the struggles. And he, and he just looked at me and he said, it never goes away. You always have to be on your guard. And I, and I just will never forget that because I've, I've always thought I'm, I'm going to be a chicken no matter what, whenever. I'm going, to be a, I'm going to fear falling away from God because the last thing I want to do is dishonor him. And this guy walk, walked right into glory uh, with the well-done, good and faithful servant. Okay, so here's some of the ways that we can do this, uh, practice this humility. First of all, when you see people not doing okay, don't judge them. Because we all know that by the grace of God, there go I. Right? Isn't it easy to, you know, and there's something sinister and sinful in us that almost appreciates it when somebody falls. Come on, you guys watch the news, right? Isn't it great when some politician gets caught? Isn't it great when they fall? Don't you feel semi-vindicated? When instead, we should feel sorry. Yeah. And when we see somebody, I was, I was telling my friend again when I was chatting with him the other day, I was, I was saying, one of my problems is that sometimes I have issues about other people's issues. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, you know, one of the, we talked about it last week, didn't we? That some, sometimes people think differently than us. And it bugs us. 
And we have to ask ourselves why. And the why is on us, right? Why do I care? Because I want to control everyone. That's why I care. Do you too? And guess what? I can't even control myself. It says here, self-control. And we just all admitted, I don't even do that. So if I'm not even good at doing that to myself, who gave me the authority to do it to you? So this is what we do when we see people not as perfect as us. (laughs) Then we take the opportunity to pray for them and for ourselves. That we would have God's perspective. Do you know, you know, can you imagine if God had issues with people? He'd be busy. Like, oh, I can't believe I have issues with them. See, God, God doesn't have any issues. We have issues. And therefore, other people we want to control instead of taking care of our own issues. Okay, we'll go on. Um, we're all not beyond the the struggle. Um, and as we talked about last week, uh, let, let us remove division from us and, and instead put things in the hands of God. Whenever we're having trouble with someone in any regard, instead of trying to fix it, God's just ask God to pray, pray and ask God to do what he's going to do. Let his will be done. Did you ever hear that? Jesus tell us something like that? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be their name. The kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, that's in there somewhere. Okay. All right, let's. Now, he wouldn't tell us to, to have self control if it wasn't something that we should be able to do, right? That spiritually, God is trying to build self control into us. He wants us to be empowered so that we're not constantly fighting all the time against the flesh. We have our moments. Okay. And so I just put down here a few things. You know, when, when we first started the church, we had a lot of people come to Christ. And so uh, Jendi and I, we, we taught a new believers uh, Bible study. And one of the things I, I, I would share with the people is that a lot of times what we do is, is we, we have this sin that that has gotten us before Christ came to us. Does anybody have any sin before you came to Christ? Okay. Or, or you, or, okay. How many had it after? Okay. Yeah. But, I, but it, what I noticed was that a lot of people wanted to see how close to the sin they could get without going over the line and dishonoring God. Have you ever done that? I call it the fence. And so I said, guys, don't try to walk on the fence, run from the fence, right? Because the best way for us to have self-control is to remove the obstacle from us. How many have ever been on a diet? (laughs) For one day, yes. What I find is when, you know, we're all constantly dieting. We're Americans. I mean, who's not on a diet? I mean, on some type of diet. But what, what I find is if, if I don't want to eat the chips, I've actually got to remove them from the home, maybe even the supermarket. <laughs> Yesterday, I was at Trader Joe's, 
And I, and I got to tell you, the devil is in the chips. <laughs> Seriously. You can't eat just one. You've heard them. And I picked up a bag of potato chips. I haven't had a potato chip in a little while. But I picked up the bag. Huh? I picked up the bag and I looked at it. And I'm like, these would be really good. And I put them in the cart. And Jenny was off getting like fruits and vegetables or something. And I was having this private struggle (laughs) with this bag of chips. It was the devil himself. And I'm like, I don't really need these. And I put them back. Everybody, hallelujah. And, you know, the angels rejoiced, and I, I, I danced before the Lord. But I got home, and I was really mad at myself because I really wanted those chips. <laughs> Has this ever happened to anyone? <laughs> okay. <laughs> never, never. Okay. But I did the right thing. What I did was I did not create a situation where I was going to be tempted to fall. We do this all the time. You know, we, we do this all the time. It's like, how did I go down that road? Well, hello, you paved it. You paved it with potato chips. <laughs> it's not rocket science, people. Okay, so how do we do this? Uh, let, let's get back on the spiritual road. Because God has given us everything we need for a life of godliness. This is the struggle. The struggle. The, the life you want is the life in God. Did you know that? That's why you struggle. Otherwise, you're just like, oh, do whatever I want. But as Christians, there's something in us that's like, I want to honor God with my whole life. And so one of the best ways to do that is by doing what we, one thing we did this morning is by worshiping God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's nothing more powerful than worship. Nothing. You get in the presence of God, and the enemy tries to come and mess with you, what happens? He's like, ooh, getting a little force field here. (laughs) But we're most vulnerable with our spiritual life when we're out of worship, when we're out of fellowship, when we're out of personal, devotional time with the Lord. You guys know that, right? It doesn't take much. You you, You get away from the Lord, and... Boy, the enemy comes to give us an opportunity. The second thing is, is there's kind of this thing where we make excuses. We don't, you know, self-control requires personal responsibility, right? Is that, remember the old thing, devil made me do it? Don't we wish? Now he is, I mean, there, we have the world the flesh, and the devil. There's three things going against us all the time. The world is telling us, come on. We got better chips than that even. I don't know if you've been to Trader Joe's, and I'm digressing about my chip experience, because as I was grabbing that bag of chips, there was like 10 other kinds of chips. So just in case I didn't go for just the regular chips, Man, they had like jalapeno chips and, and, uh, you know, they had, they had chips. And I was like, man, I'm, see, the, that's, that's the, the world will create lots of opportunities for us to fall. Right? We talked about it last week, the whole concept of division, our political mind and our, even our, our justice mind, where we're like, yeah, but this, but it's unjust. Okay? We have to beware 
that these are things that are trying to mess with our flesh. Because what, you know, because I'm just going to punch somebody. You too? No. Okay. All right. We're moving right along. You're all looking at me like, what? We have to take personal responsibility. The Holy Spirit gives us power to do that. He also gives us power even to go further, to love our enemies. You know, in Philippians 4.13, I can do what? All things? Just all, some things? Through what? Through Christ who strengthens us. We have the power of God available for us to not go down the way of the flesh. So we take personal responsibility. Now, how many have ever made excuses for your flesh? I, I had to. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you know, how, how many, have, how many have ever uh, gone into self pity after that? Right, because this is, you know, this is the path. It's like, first of all, the devil made me do it. Okay, maybe it was me, and then, then we go into self pity. Oh man, all of these are ways that the enemy wants to keep us from returning to the spirit. Don't let any of that stuff stop you. Okay. There's good things, though, that we can do as well. And I just put down here, just self-discipline comes with actually habits. Right? When you, when you make your aim constantly to do the right thing, it's easier to do it later when, when you have to do it, when you're really te- tested or tempted. All right, so let's get back to here to the power of we. You guys ready? Last point. Wrapping it up, put your shoes back on, maybe. All right. So one of the things that I really thought about, because I went, you know, I always go on the inside and say, well, how is it that the Holy Spirit's worked in my life over the last many years? And one of the best things that God did was he surrounded me by people who cared about me and who really would be there to help me. And I call it the, the harnessing the power of we. You on your own, you're, you're a lone sheep. And, and you're, you're surrounded by wolves. And they want to eat you for lunch. And they want to ruin your testimony. And they, they want you to walk away from God. They really do. That is the end game, you guys. Right? The end game. And one of the best ways to do is surround yourself with other people so that they get eaten first. <laughs> Just want to make sure you guys are still paying attention here. <laughs> no, no, no. So you can put your backs together and all face the enemy together, right? <laughs> Sometimes that's how I think. Okay. So the Bible tells us that one of the best things that we can do is confess our faults one to another and pray for each other. Now, it's better to confess your faults before you break the line, right? It's like, guys, I've been really struggling with this aspect of my life. I've been you know, struggling with bitterness. I've been struggling with whatever. Pray for me. How many would be in a better place spiritually if you had somebody praying for you about the things that you're most vulnerable? Anybody? In fact, that's a great question to ask. Where are you most vulnerable 
Where is it that the enemy could get you right now? Is there a place? Is there a chink in your armor? Think about it. Is it there? And you've been struggling on your own. You've been praying it through. You've been going, crying out to God. And God's like, hello. Confess your stuff one to another and pray for each other. And the power of God and the Holy Spirit come in there. And what happens? Boom. You're free. Because the enemy works with lies and darkness, doesn't he? You keep it in the dark, he lives there. He lives in the, you know, he's a mushroom. He lives in the dark. You bring stuff out in the light, he doesn't have any power. He shrinks away. Okay, so confess, pray for one another. Now put down here the uh, habit of confession. Of course, you guys, I, I spend, you know, at least every Sunday I come and confess my own sins, you know. Yeah, I confess that I almost ate a potato chip yesterday. I know that's deep dark for all of you. But it, when I was a, a younger Christian, I, I was turned on to something. Uh, so there, there were some guys. Uh, one of them was Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. I don't know. You're, you're all going, I don't know who these guys are, but let me explain them to you. There was something called the First Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening that happened in our country. Uh, if you read the, the, the strange accounts of the revival that happened uh, with Jonathan Edwards, you can't imagine how bad the United States was at that time. I mean, there was literally teenagers playing video games. No, <laughs> this is in the 1600s. They didn't quite have video games, but, but they were thinking about it. And no, if you read the account, it is kind of funny because I've read the account and I'm like, so this is what was necessary for a revival? <laughs> they obviously have not lived in the 21st century. Uh, you know, we think it's, I mean, how many, how many think that, that, that we're on the verge of major moral collapse in, in the U.S.? Or it, we're actually over the edge, but. It's the, you know, we think it's the worst time, the worst time ever. I was telling somebody, uh, you know, sometimes, did I tell you guys this before? Sometimes I listen to this old preacher, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. Uh, he preached in the 50s and 60s. And I, I have his app on my, on my phone. And once in a while, if I'm trying to get to sleep, I'll listen to his sermons. <laughs> but he keeps me up. Uh, but but uh, I was listening to one uh, last month, and it was uh, New Year's Eve, on, in 1959. That was the year I was born. I know you're all calculating right now. Sorry, right, I'm 62. Okay, 1959, and he was illustrating to me how all was lost. That the, the degradation of society was at its end. There nothing possibly could have go further away from God in 1959. You're all laughing. You're not laughing, <laughs> but you're saying the same thing. And he said, stop misunderstanding what God wants to do in our generation, right? When it's, when it's the darkest, that's when God wants to do the most. All right, so where was I? Anyway, the Holy Club. Boy, I sure digressed, and I'm all, this is my last thing I'll say. No, it won't be. But the Holy Club, one of the things they did was that they met together 
regularly, and they asked a series of questions to one another. It was uh, 20, the 20 questions they would ask. And what it was was they put themselves in a place of accountability before each other. And they asked each other things like, where are you most vulnerable? And they looked at each other in the eyes. And they would go through a list and they'd say, how are you doing with your relationships? Are you bitter against anybody? Are you unforgiving against anybody? And then they would ask the question, and are you lying to me? And then they would confess their sins and they'd pray for each other. And it was these guys that began a revival that literally swept the, the whole United States at the time, which was basically the 13 colonies. But, you know, it was the people at the time. They, many people came to the Lord. Okay. If you're struggling against the flesh, Hector, you can always come to me. Say, man, this is my thing. Pray for me. And all of us have confessed that we struggle with the flesh. God has built in the we for us so that we can come to each other and say, man, I am struggling. Pray for me. And we'll see the power of God and the Spirit of God take over our lives so that we can stand and say, because of what God has done, I am free. The beginning of this chapter begins with this statement. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't allow it to be another struggle in the flesh. Messed up is normal. You guys know that. But God has something greater for us. Let's pray. Lord, you know us at the heart of our hearts that more than anything, we want to live for you. As we sang that song this morning, I, I know that all of us just said, yeah, God, I, I, I want you in my life. I want to live for you. And then the reality of our own life, we, we struggle and we go, oh, Lord, I want to live for you, but I'm still living in a different way. And I pray that this morning, Lord, that we would understand that, yes, we are human and we're living in, we're living in our humanity. But you've empowered us. You've given us all, everything we need for a life of godliness. And one of those things is the we. And I pray that today that we would literally find people in our lives that we can ask and pray uh, the, right, the right things into our lives, God. There's no reason we have to struggle at the level we're struggling because you have provided for us everything we need. So may we rely on you and rely on one another to have self-control. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. We have time. We're going to be eating together. So if you need to build some accountability with someone about any vulnerability, you can say, this is my vulnerability uh, with, with a friend today. And uh, well, you can do it now before we eat, or you can do it as we eat. We have a great meal. I think we have ratatouille uh, and I don't know what else. Some, some pizza, I think. I know. And chips. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Uh, those that are joined us online, we'll see you later too. And uh, let, God bless you. Have a great day.